Welcome everybody to another episode of the Gents Talk series. We got with us Tashawn Carter. Carter. <laughs> My guy. Now, you, I, I wrote down your bio here, so forgive me. I, I try to remember these things, but then as soon as I get into the studio, this is why I can never be an actor, because I'll forget my lines. Mm-hmm. I can remember them up to the point where I get in, and then I got to forget them. But you were the winner of Big Brother Season 9, and you are a youth program director. But more importantly, but more recently, you're in the process of putting together a panel on mental health featuring you know, the esteemed Julie Black who it seems to be a champion of mental health in, in a lot of ways. So shout out to, to, to Miss Julie Black for that. But to Sean, welcome. Thanks for, for joining us. And uh, we're really excited to have this conversation because you're doing a lot of great stuff for mental health and men in particular. And you don't shy away from that conversation, do you? Not at all. No. I mean, it's a conversation that it's my voice. And um, I believe you have to use your voice to, to speak on what you believe in. Hmm. And that's what I do. How did you get to that? Like, because it doesn't always come naturally, right? Or is this something that you've always grown up thinking, like, I need to advocate for something like this? No, it's not something I've always thought about directly. I mean, there's a couple of things that led to it. Well, first, I read a book on, it was called For the Love of Men. It was by Liz Blank, and it talked about toxic masculinity. And I think that was my first time ever being exposed to that topic Mm. and just talked about how men struggle so much emotionally but we're we're conditioned and raised not to express ourselves and after reading that book it just sat in the back of my mind now fast forward to big brother uh we we can get into it a little bit i won big brother canada came off that show supposed to be a high point in my life just had one hundred thousand dollars you know everybody's recognizing me on the streets it's like what everybody on the outside would look as like a climax a pinnacle something that is this is like a very successful moment for me. But in that moment, I felt so empty. Mm. Like it just didn't feel what I thought it would feel like and what everybody expected it to feel like for me. I felt pressure. I felt alone. I felt just hollow. And I said to myself, if I'm feeling like this at this moment, at what is supposed to be the highest point in my life, what are others going through who are at low points or not even at high points in their life? What are they they dealing with? And when I started to ask myself that question, I started to think that pleasure or that happiness has to come from something external. I Sorry, it has to come from something. (laughs) (laughs) He meant to say internal. That that happiness, your happiness has to come internally. It's not something. It's not that next house. It's not that next job. It's not that peak that's going to make you happy. It's going to be from inside. And I think that's an incredible awareness because a lot of people still struggle to think that if i go and shop or if i buy that new versace shirt or if i get that new house or that bigger house or if i get that promotion that all of a sudden it's going to validate all my feelings and make me feel better but oftentimes you still feel empty so when you sort of realized that at that climax of everything up to your life at that point you hit this big climax you get the money you get the recognition and you still feel this way what did you do next? I spoke about it. Okay, started how? talking about it uh, through social media. So at the same time, I simultaneously started it in content creation. I signed with an agency and I said, okay, I'm going to be a creator. But as a creator, I realized, yes, you can just make content that's you know funny. You can make content that's lifestyle. I could just be another guy with my shirt off flexing all the time. 
or I could be somebody who stands for something. And in my experience being on television, I stood for something on television. And without even knowing it, I was just being myself. But talking about things like systemic discrimination, toxic masculinity, and mental health, I said, you know what, I want to continue to have this conversation. So every day, I'm going to develop content called the Mental Health Monday, where in some way, whether it's funny, whether it's deep, whether in any way I can talk about it, we're going to talk about mental health on this day every week. And ever since then, I've done one every Monday. And what's the reception been like? I mean, the reception has been shocking to me. People, you know, people reach out to me all the time, even today, personally, to tell me your posts about mental health have helped me get through tough times. Or I like how you're advancing the conversation. Or I never thought about things like that. Like one of my friend's moms told me how she deals with her son differently now because of the conversations that I'm having, because of the things I'm opening up about. So I'm seeing that, you know, there's so much power in the conversations that that we're having now on on my platform. And do you find people in your circle are more receptive to those conversations? Like they see you as the guy that talks about mental health, but do they engage in those conversations with you? What's actually really funny is, yes, my hard friends actually participate in the conversation too and you'd be you'd be surprised on how they do it like they find their creative ways being like well how's your mental health and like as a joke but then i'll answer them seriously and then we'll engage in a conversation which kind of shows that vulnerability breeds vulnerability and from having these vulnerable conversations i can see that you know people all around me even in my close circle are talking about it now where we never would have before everybody was so hard and fighting all the time or carrying this i don't care i don't care i'm good i'm always good but now it's not it's not like that at all we talk about things and we're a little bit more open and it's it's changed the composition of all of our friendships for the better for the better how do you deal with um so you you have no friends that like weren't just still because i have a couple of friends too then it's just some of them are still very not talking about it and it's like you, you can only talk when both people are on the same page to talk right or open the door and if try to open up and budge and they give you nothing so it's pushback so we have how would how would i deal with my friend who is very closed off very very closed off and not open to opening up i mean it's not all of us that are always ready all at the same time and we can't expect that right and i i think in in dealing with someone who's closed off is I think you got to set the example. Like mm-hmm. you got to open up to them before they can open up to you. And I think for me, it's really about, you know, talking about the things that I want. I want to be vulnerable about the things that I'm struggling with or things I maybe want their advice on. And in doing that, I find over time, they seem to open up and come around to it because they start to not feel so alone in the things that they're closed off to. Because a lot of times when we're closed off, it's because we feel like we're the only, no one understands us. We're the only one going through it. No one gets me. But the more you open up to someone, the more likely they are to open up to you. So you're saying start with vulnerability. Yes, 100%. When you put that on the table, it, 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 it adds another dimension to the relationship, to the friendship. And what do you tell guys who look at that or, th- you know, they approach this sort of vulnerability and they say, you know, I can be vulnerable, but if I did it, I'm still going to look be looked at as weak or less of a man, which in and of itself I find is is a form of toxic masculinity to think that way. But for the guys that are still resistant to it, who want to make a change because they know they need it, but they don't have the they don't have that right first step. 
what could they do if they don't have someone around them to push them? They don't have someone around them to push them yeah. to be vulnerable. Yeah. What could someone do? I think, well, speak to a professional. I mean, counseling is another option that a lot of us act like it's ruled out. Like you have to be crazy to go to counseling. If you don't feel comfortable making that step to the outside world and being vulnerable with someone who you don't know, try it with someone who's actually, they do this. Have a conversation with someone who's a professional. Interview a couple counselors and see how you could have a conversation about, you know, the things that you're going through, the things you may not feel comfortable opening up to others about. How could you do that? Because they'll give you the tools and the techniques that may be right for you. Because not all of us are the same. So then, how, like, what is the best route to getting, like, uh, someone to talk to? Because you look at it and be like, it's so expensive, or I don't have the time, or just, you know, what is a good way to break that barrier if it's too expensive for somebody? If it's too expensive, yeah. what, how to deal with it? How to still find somebody to talk to. Like other resources that you would recommend? Outside of paying for therapy. Because, yeah. you know, like it's, a lot of guys already have the hesitancy to go to therapy, and then you tack on the fact that they have to pay for it, and they're like, eh, you know what? I'm just not going to do it. But they still, you know, if there wasn't that barrier, they might consider it. I want to say there are... I'm not super familiar with the adult resources that are 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 free that are out yeah. there, but they do exist. I, I just can't give you off the top of my head what they are. I know for kids, there's kids help phone. That's like an example, right. but I know yeah. there's an adult version of that. What uh, what age does the kids one end at? I want to say it ends at 18. Okay, which is good for young men mm-hmm. in the prime years mm-hmm. or their impressionable years. What uh, what sort of motivated you to do the the panel? Like to to build out this panel and get these speakers, like you're you're really focusing on championing this cause. And what sort of gets you to to put something like this together? And like, what are you hoping to to achieve from something like that? Well, I want to continue to advance the conversation, but I I think what made me really want to put the panel together was yes, I do mental health Mondays every week, but there's something about that being a creator. You don't feel like you're actually in the room with people, touching them, interacting with them, being face-to-face with them. And there's so much power when you're in a room with someone versus, you know, just being online, having a voice. So I wanted to, you know, have a message that was in person and that people could attend and feel and touch and and be a part of physically. Hmm. That's really where the idea came from. And further to that, I do a lot of motivational speaking. So I go into schools and I see the impact of these in-person conversations so i want to bring that to people and i want to do it in a way where it's not yeah it is a panel but it's it's supposed to be fun there's supposed to be games supposed to be audience interaction it's supposed to be let's remove the heaviness around all the conversations around mental health let's make it fun because when we can laugh about something it means we've advanced the conversation if we're being real so it's, it's really about getting to getting it to a place where we can have authentic, real, vulnerable conversations, but they still are not heavy and dark. Let's make everybody feel included. And I think that was the goal. How do you get to that heavy and dark phase, though? Like, to, to really pull that layer back and peel that onion and, and really dig into those, and maybe just from your own experiences in relationships and friendships and with family, like, 
how do you go about doing that about sorry repeat what sorry like so like how do you get into those dark places and what i mean by that is how do you dive into the really hard conversations with your people so whether it's someone you're seeing or a family member or a friend how do you sort of get yourself ready to to have those really tough conversations the ones that a lot of people tend to avoid because they don't want the possibility of conflict i think for me i have to visualize myself having the conversation okay i have to think about what i'm going to say or what i want to achieve to get me in the mind state of having that conversation to be honest with you actually tonight i'm meeting with somebody who's really close to me in my life who i have to have a very difficult conversation with and for me i've just sat there and visualized what i want to say what do i want to achieve and where it's coming from right what's my intent and i believe that when your intention when you're when you root when you root what you want to achieve in your intention so my intention is to love this person to care for this person and want the best for this person then your intentions are coming from a good place and the conversation will be coming from a good place. Hmm. So now cuz I'm visualizing it and I have a good intention behind it, that is my way of diving deep into it. It's not I don't want to go into it trying to attack somebody. I don't want to go into it trying to start a fight. I want to go into it really talking about how I care about someone and the love I have for them and where I want to see it go and what I think is best for the relationship or for them as a whole in total. It's very cuz I'm speaking like in general terms I, can't, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to really expose the whole uh, yeah, situation. I was trying to like stay on the edge of it. But it's like that that's kind of how I go into it. I, I visualize myself having the conversation and really think about my intention behind it. So like you really plot out the the whole convo like I mean to a degree but you plot it out so that you can I guess choose your words a little more carefully cuz people become sensitive to to words when it comes from somebody they know they care about. 100%. And and that's kind of why I plotted up so I am using the right words and that I'm not offending them or having them feel attacked, right? But it's it, I think it's the visual part that's really helpful in having those deep and dark conversations because if you don't have them, you carry them. You hang on to them. And they build up and things bottle up and then you end up having that conversation out of turn or at a time where you don't really want to have it mm-hmm. and that's what causes conflict. Mm-hmm. So you'd say that there's a time and place for conversations like you shouldn't just have them because you're feeling them. You should actually try to pick the right time to have it. I think depending on the context, but yes, I think time and place is ideal when when dealing with any situation, right? It's not because it, when you do it just in the moment that you're feeling it, you might be reactive and not really thinking things through. Hmm. Okay. And yeah, like both people have to be on like the same page too, like as much as you want to like talk about it and the person's got to be okay like but I feel also too that you should, depending on what the emotion is, bring it up early, right? Because like, the earlier you bring it up, when it's fresh on your mind, you can see, even if you get that raw emotion, whatever that raw emotion is, you 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 say it. Because sometimes you reserve it's like, and you double back on what you're saying. It's like, well, now I don't know, but if you felt it at the moment, say how you feel at the moment, then work through that after. And I feel like the the one thing about when people have a lot of with anger at least they're saying what's on their mind i find which is still good but it's it's harder sometimes be- it comes out harsh yes and it's just like but then it's something they come back and it's oh i didn't mean that it's like that's what i don't understand for me it's like okay how do you get so mad and you say something that you just don't even mean 
it's 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 odd. Do you ever had that? I don't. I personally haven't had that, but I've had it happen to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah like yeah, I'm yeah. not the one usually saying the mean <laughs> no, stuff. No, no, no. I, no I'm, not, I'm not the one that's just like extreme. Like, but like, yeah, like in an argument, with somebody and they just say some stuff and then they get back up to like, yeah. It's, but to me, because because I don't act that way, it's that that's what you mean. Like, there's how do you not mean that? But like, no, I don't mean that. That was just me. I was mad trying to say something. I don't understand how that works. So what I think happens first yeah. is that there are people they may not mean it. Mm-hmm. but they thought about it before mm. and i think that's what happens like people there's some people who get into conflict and they just want to say anything to either feel like they're winning the conflict or yeah. to or to hurt you yeah so they say something hurtful even though they actually may not mean it so in the in those situations i think they don't mean it they're just trying to advance the conflict it's like reactive it's, yeah it's its own little defense mechanism i guess yeah i mean sometimes when people feel attacked they just it's like how can i jab at you the hardest right like you made me feel this way how do i make you feel that way now so where does you you've talked you've mentioned toxic masculinity a few times now firstly let's sort of hear what you define that to mean because everyone has a very different variation on that term but what does toxic masculinity mean to you great question uh i think i define toxic masculinity as you know, not feeling your emotions to the point where it becomes detrimental to you and your surroundings. Okay. That's how I would define it. And what I mean by that is bottling things up mm-hmm. and then losing your mind at some point. Or, you know, not taking care of your health because, you know, you always feel like you're supposed to be good. Like a lot of men, you know, don't go to the, get, they don't go to the doctor regularly. Why? Because we're supposed to be good. I told my buddy today, and I saw him, like, go get a physical, man. I saw, I saw his kids, I'm like, yo, go get a physical. I got mine booked for next week. I just went. Yeah, I'm going. We were talking, I'm good, yeah. man. You got to, like, that's something, too, that's so simple because it's it's free here, right? And it's it's just get a physical, just check it out, man. And it's, Why wait until you're be, sick? Yeah, and then it's especially, I don't know, I don't know why it's so hard to get a physical for men. Like, why is it, like, I don't, I don't understand we're supposed to be good. We're supposed to go through pain. Ever play sports? You play through that yeah. pain. You're not supposed to be hurt. And and it's like that. Like, I get injured too much. I mean, that's <laughs> like like I don't, I'm I'm injury prone, man. I don't like it, but I am. Tore my Achilles. Like I so I feel like I'm always having to go to the doctor for something anyway. So like now it's it's, but it's it's scary though, man. It's scary knowing that like you're not like we're not gonna go and then. Because it's a fear of something that you might get. And then, look, what if it is something? Wouldn't you want to know? Don't you want to know? Yeah. Like, I just went, there's a cyst on my testicle. And it's just like, it might not be nothing, but at least now I know. Yeah. You know? And it's 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 from years before, too, and there's been nothing. So now it's at least now I know to check on it again. Yeah. Right? If I never checked on it before and you go through this time, then it's something happens. Like, oh, it came out of nowhere. It's like, oh, man, like, there's certain steps you got to take. And it's hard man like i like it's and i try to i always try to tell just get a physical man like it's you want to know something crazy well, if something was wrong with their car you know they're going straight to the mechanic though away. isn't yep. that insane that we treat our cars better than we treat ourselves so how do we change that like how do we actually change that narrative that conversation how do we get more men to stop treating their cars better than themselves 
we keep having conversations like this. So it's repetition. It has to be because like, think about it. Even something as simple as, you know, I was talking, I had a, I've been having stomach problems for years. Mm. My belly just hurts, but it was just like, my belly just hurts. Like, I don't know, whatever. And then I finally decided, you know, I'm going to go to the doctor and see what's going on. And last week I had a colonoscopy and I shared the fact that I went and got a colonoscopy do you know how many people reached out to say to me, you know, my belly's been hurting me for all this time, but I, I never want to do anything about it. And like the thought of having a camera go up inside of them was just like, they weren't, no one was interested in that. Was like, this is your health. It saves your life, man. It could save your life. But me sharing that opened the door for others to see, okay, wait a second. I'm, I'm having stomach problems too. It's not that bad. It's not that difficult. It's not that, mm-hmm. it's not that hard to go get checked. But it's like we have to keep having the conversations because without it, people will think that they're just alone. And I thought I was alone. I thought I was alone with my stomach. I thought it was normal. Hopefully it's nothing serious. No, it ended up being, well, they didn't find anything. But I, I honestly think it could be stress. But at least now you know there's something to check on. Now at least you, and it's also too, now at least you know it's nothing. Yes. Right? Instead of, now because your mind, if you if something's hurting and you don't go, you still, oh, I don't know what's going, you start Googling, go on the WebMD, and now you're thinking dying. And, I, and it's like, you know, you think you're dying. <laughs> and it's like, at least now you know, good or bad, you know. That's yeah. the thing. That's And that's what I feel like is the main thing. Good or bad, you know. And then at least you know it's different because when you don't know, your mind's going to go up. It's going to go down, but like it's going to go everywhere. Mm-hmm. And at least, so now at least you could stress on what you know about, opposed to stress on what you don't fucking know about. And it's totally different <laughs> like, well on, on the topic of stress i'm i'm very curious because as a content creator as a motivational speaker as a program director as you know a person putting together a panel and this and that and this <laughs> and that and the list just continues and it never seems to get smaller it only seems to get bigger as more and more people demand more and more of your time how do you balance your mental health with your ambitions and your career and your passions because there's a lot of yeses involved and not enough no's you know that's something that if i'm honest with you on an ongoing journey on it to tell you that i had all the answers and that i figured it out today would be be me lying to you it's constantly the balancing is an act like it's not a exact thing where it's like okay this is the formula this is what this is what works and what I noticed that started happening with me is I was, I started, you know, this mindfulness routine. So I'd wake up, I would write in my gratitude journal, I would read, I would journal, I would meditate, I would work out. And what I noticed started happening in that routine is I started doing it as a checklist rather than having a period of mindfulness. So it started becoming, okay, did I meditate? Sick. Okay. Did I do journal? And it was like, I was doing this in this allotted rigid time slot so that I could just get done so I could mm. say I did it and it started taking the the joy yeah. and the actual purpose out of the whole thing of why I was actually doing it I was doing it to give my mind a break but I started re- I started timing it mm. and in doing that I think I was defeating the purpose of it so in in, in dealing with stress and dealing with having all these things on my plate I'm still figuring that out and mindfulness is a part of that but I also have to realize I need to say no. There's a power in saying no, which we were talking about. I have to learn what I can say no to and what I can say yes to mm-hmm. and start having more free time for myself and not scheduling things back to back to back. Counseling or therapy, I started doing that again recently because 
I stopped for a bit thinking, well, I'm good now. <laughs> I'm good now. I don't need yeah. it. I'm good. I've been talking about mental health. I'm always talking about it. I'm good. But I do need that moment to have that vulnerable conversation with, yeah. you know, a professional to give yes. you just a different Perspective. A different perspective, yeah. a different outlook on things. So oftentimes you're you're generally around people who are going to acknowledge the things you're putting out. But sometimes you need that one person who can just be like, no, no, let me let me show you exactly what reality it's is super right now. Nu- super neutral. Yeah. Exactly. 100%, yeah. So like for me, it's not, I don't have the full answer. It's an ongoing journey. But I think for everyone, it is a journey, right? It's like having a fitness journey, right? There's going to be a time where, you know, maybe you're doing a lot of cardio, to lose weight but then you lose the weight and maybe you're not doing as much cardio you want to build muscle you know what i mean like there's there's stages to your to your mental health journey just as there's stages to your physical health journey and for me i think i've entered a different stage now where i'm trying to find a new balance because the old methods are not exactly working for me the best anymore and on the days where you don't feel motivated you don't feel like getting up out of bed you don't feel like taking the call or doing this or that what what do you do to help get yourself out of that funk? It depends on the day. So when, when was the last day? Mm. When was the last day I was feeling demotivated? I've been Monday. Fuck, I was gonna say mine was Monday too. I swear, I'm like mine was Monday. Mine are Fridays. Mine was I, Monday. I struggle on Fridays. I look at a Friday and I go like a lot of people are like, oh yes, it's Friday. I get to go out. I get to relax. For me, I'm just like I'm so tired by Friday because I put so much into the week that I'm just like I'm demotivated from doing very much. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I can just pick it back up on Saturday. And then Saturday, I'm like, oh, I, I get upset because I didn't do enough work on Friday. The guilt. Yes, the guilt oh, is real. That, that one is I hate the, it. Oh. Mine, is, mine is Monday because like Tuesday is my best day of the week. So I think it's like I can really sit in some stuff knowing that no matter what, Tuesday is going to be a good day, man. Tuesdays, we film on Tuesdays. Tuesdays the good day. So it's like, let me just really sit in this shit on Monday. Because no matter how I'm feeling, waking up waking up on Tuesday, I'm like, filming day, it's a good day. Like, you know, so like, yeah. I know I can, it's like knowing that this day is here, allows mm-hmm. knowing that it's going to be a good day. Like, there's nothing that's ruining my Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, if I'm, like, no matter how bad I'm feeling on a Monday, it's like, okay, I can go, like, really sit in this stuff because I know I'm going to get up. But no Tuesday's going to be nice, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so knowing like, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, that consistency with that Tuesday being that day, that's why, like, I really like to sit in that shit on Mondays, man. Sometimes. Not all, but like, you know, it's just like, and I, that's why I like, think Monday was like the last day too, man. But. That's a great technique that you're talking about, though. Yeah, I've never thought about it that way. The highlighting something that's coming up yeah. and sitting in what you're feeling, knowing that I'm going to be good because this is, you're looking forward yeah, to this something. Is, it's a good day. Yeah. So it's a sense of gratitude in a weird way where it's like, I'm grateful that Tuesdays are great, but I'm going to sit in what I'm feeling on Monday. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause, I know Cause you're dealing with it. You're dealing, dealing with, with it. Cause I, cause I know Tuesday is going to be good. Yeah. Right. And it's just like, so I'm like, yeah, let me, because I know I'm gonna, like, I know when I wake up, it's like going to say, okay, you know, I know it's going to be a bad dream tonight. Cause I know, it's, but I know it's a dream. Right, so I know because I know when I wake up Monday morning. I mean Tuesday morning, like oh, okay, you're gonna get ready, you're gonna go to the gym, start filming. Mm-hmm. That that's that's Tuesday, right? At least that's what Tuesday is supposed to be. Regardless of how Tuesday goes, so I know waking up, that's that's how it is. So, so yeah. what happens on the days? What happens when we don't film on Tuesdays? I don't. I don't like. I don't. But I don't. I don't sit in it every month. It's not like I plan to sit in it. But like I know if I, if like some days you you really want to sit in your stuff, and if, so if it comes up on Monday, I will like. Doing if it's Tuesday, I'll still try sitting it because it's still 
it's still a day off. Like it's still, it's not even just the filming. So Tuesday's always been my day off for I guess so long. Even I work in the restaurant. Um, Cause you can't take Friday off, can't take Saturday off, can't take Sunday off. I'm like, no one ever's gonna problem with Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like even like I took um, bah, like a salsa dancing class. That was Tuesday nights. I was playing football. It was Tuesday. Like, it seems just Tuesday nights seem the night of take out the restaurant. Nobody cares. All right. So even then, it's still my day off. It's still my me day. It's like you know, it's still my my I guess my day. Mm. All right. So yeah, for so long I guess. Yeah. How do you deal with the guilt? The guilt. How do I deal with that? That's that. a wrestling match. <laughs> I, I lose that match so many times. I lost that match yesterday. I've lost that match, I think, already today. Like, and I fully admit it because I always, like, we were talking about how, you know, you do work and then you'll go and you'll stop and you're like, man, I could be doing something else right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I just wasted an hour watching a show on Netflix or whatnot. And it's so hard. And I know this, but it's so hard to understand that sometimes doing nothing is doing something. It is. But I still feel the guilt and I feel like I'm not working hard enough and that there's someone out there working harder than me and if <laughs> that's the case then I'm not working hard enough. How do you deal with that? Because I suck at that. <laughs> there's, there's there's a couple things. Um, the first one I would say is trusting your body. Mm. If you feel, If you really don't feel like doing something right now, it could be your body's telling you you shouldn't be doing something right now. Take some time to rest. Trust your body. And then secondly, I, I look at what I've already accomplished. Right? A lot of times, like, we've done so much this thus far. We, we deserve a break. We're allowed to have one. And if I remind myself of my past accomplishments and I just trust my body, that's my way of wrestling the guilt. It's like, look, well, tell the guilt, look what I've done. Mm. and also tell the guilt my body's feeling tired it's okay but i don't always win that battle but those are the two things i lean on yeah. to help fight it yeah it, it, it's a it's a struggle especially when you're trying to when you've got a passion for something that you're doing too right because then you're just thinking to yourself oh you know what i really could it's not just work it's a passion and you don't really have a time it's not a nine to five your passion is 24 7 something mm-hmm. right and so you, you're trying, you're constantly wrestling with that guilt, trying to get to that point. Um, when you do wrestle with it and you don't succeed, and I'm always curious about what happens when something doesn't work, what people do. Specifically on this guilt piece, what do you do then? I will just sit in my feelings. Okay. When the guilt wins, I'll sit in my feelings. And I think as we get stronger and and, in finding coping techniques to better our mental health that'll depend on the duration in which we sit in that those feelings yeah because there there was a time where i could sit in those feelings for a a few days weeks some people weeks (laughs) Weeks. right because you know we're not doing the things that we need to do in which to come out of those feelings yeah and that's the thing too when you're sitting in that dark place you sometimes have to ask myself Am I doing the things in order to feel better? Am I doing the things I need to do in order to feel better? And you got to figure out what those things are for you. Like, what are those things that make you feel good? Have you tried doing them? Hmm. Like, for me, it could be playing ball, talking to my friends, listening to a motivating podcast, maybe watching even a funny episode of Fresh Prince. 
Yeah. Something. <laughs> Something. Something to just change the, the mood. To change the mood, change yeah. the flow, change the energy. Because sitting there feeling bad for yourself isn't going to just change because you're just sitting there feeling bad for yourself. Something has to spark that change. And you got to try things sometimes. Yeah. And now I want to sort of ask you about a, a conversation piece. Um, obviously, recently, with the news around Twitch's passing, it's something that I think really emphasizes and highlights how much more work is required. Because not all that long ago, there, you know, he had posted a video of him seemingly happy and dancing and to the outside world, life is fantastic. Very similar to what you said, where, you know, to the outside world, everything was fantastic, but you didn't feel there. And it seems as though, and I don't want to speak for him, obviously, but it seems as though there was, there were dark demons there. What work or what more do we need to do to stop men from doing this to themselves? Because we're losing too many of them. And we're losing them for reasons that I feel personally could have been stopped a long time ago. That's a great question. And I'm not sure that I would have the full answer to it, but I'll tell you my thoughts. It, I don't know what Twitch was going through. And I'd be lying to you if I could tell you what... I don't even know. I have no idea. But what I will say is that it was clear that he was holding something in and he didn't have the space to let that something out. And that tells me a few things. He didn't feel comfortable to share that he was in that dark place with whoever was around him because that hadn't become normalized maybe in his life. So I, I think for me, what do we do? We have to open up spaces for us to be able to be vulnerable and have conversations, mm -hmm. right? So having a conversation like this today about things that we deal with is, is one thing. And also having communities in which we're, where men intentionally talk and have conversations that are vulnerable is another thing we can do. Men's groups, in sports, we t let's talk about it more. Let's, talk, let's have more men's camaraderie. It's like, hard in sports. It's it, it can be difficult in sports, but sports is a lot about men. They talk about mental health, just not in the ways in which we always see it. We talk about believing. We talk about dealing with wins and losses. We speak about it, just we don't look at it always through a mental health lens necessarily. Okay. But it's, it's, it's there, right? I just think we need to shift our perspective a little bit in how we speak about vulnerability. But it's not, I'm giving kind of abstract kind of solutions, but I really believe we keep having to have the conversation and have more spaces where men can have that conversation. And I think that can look a lot of different ways. Hmm. The, what can partners do in a relationship? Because, uh, you know, I, I, I think about his story and obviously he was married, I believe, married, yes, with kids. You would assume, and again, this is purely an assumption here, that somewhere in there, a, the partner could notice something. Whether she did, didn't, is besides the point. Now, in, in your own relationships, 
what can a person do to support their partner, to encourage them, even when they seem when everything is seemingly okay? Because we, it's almost like we deal with a problem when the problem arises, instead of stunting it before it becomes a problem. So, what do you have? Like, do you have thoughts or suggestions on what we can do in that scenario? When you seemingly don't know what your partner yeah. may be going through. Like to, to maybe continue to encourage that conversation. So my girlfriend and I, for example, obviously whenever there's a situation, you know, we open up a free space to, to talk about something, right? There's a problem. Someone's unhappy about something. Life is just throwing you a curveball. And then even when everything seems okay, there's still the occasional... I know where everything is good, but I just want to check in. How are you feeling? What's going on upstairs? What are you thinking? Right? Because sometimes you're processing things and it doesn't necessarily come out, visually speaking, in the form of stress or frustration or anything. Is there anything like that that you've come across that's worked for you or that you can recommend to others? I I think, to be honest with you, what's always worked for me is the fact that I read on toxic masculinity. I think that was a big part. Like I, I educated myself on it a little bit, which made me feel more comfortable opening up on it. Where do you go to, to learn about toxic masculinity? I me, mean, I just, I picked up a book and read it. Okay. Right. What um, was the name of the book? It was called For the Love of Men. Okay. And it was by a, a lady named Liz Plank. Okay. And, and, and in reading that, I, I saw the importance of opening up. So when I speak to when you when you speak to a partner and what a partner could do to better support someone in this, I think is firstly giving them the space to open up, you know, and understanding that they may not be ready when you're ready, but giving them the space. That's one. Two, maybe being vulnerable and opening up to them as well. Like the technique of starting starting with that, vulnerability. Starting with vulnerability. I always find Vulnerability breeds more vulnerability. So if you're able to be vulnerable, then that person will likely reciprocate that. But I think those are two things, even just to start. And then three, I always recommend people go to therapy. Like I think, you know, in your life, it's it's important going to, to a doctor regularly. It's important seeing a financial advisor regularly. It's also important to... <laughs> go to therapy and have those conversations whether it's group or whether it's alone but there's power in that right but i i think as a partner those are the things i would i would likely recommend i'm not an expert or anything but just you're going through that journey right and i don't know if anybody can really be labeled an expert but more so just someone who's experienced something and is sharing that journey and sharing that perspective on things Right, because we've all been through that in some way. Yeah, I don't even think it's about being an expert, too. It's just showing, I think not being an expert helps, too, because, like, we're all real people. That's a good point. It's like, when you're experts, okay, well, that person's professional. It's like, well, we're real people, because we're, we're, like, we're all, shit shows, because everybody's going through some shit. Like, no matter what, at all times, it's just like, but we're all, like, we're all, like, you're not the only person fighting. I think that's the hardest part, is that you think that you're the only person out there fighting. And it's just like, no. Like, and... Might be a different fight, obviously, but and however deep your fight is, is only only you can determine how deep that is. Like my rock bottom could be I lost whatever it is, right? Just because you might not think that's rock bottom because your rock bottom isn't that doesn't make doesn't make that not my rock bottom. Doesn't diminish it mm-hmm. exactly, and it's just like so. People's like 
I feel like at least when I was like really like at my lowest and it's like I don't want to tell somebody that this and it's like well you're not even that can't be that bad or or you need a fear of like it's that it's that judgment too that you feel like oh like I don't want to speak on it what was your lowest <sighs> 2018 that year yeah 2018 2019 and yeah the whole the whole year was just like it was just like a, you look back and it's just like it's just a fucking going down man and then it was like end of, I remember it was near the end of the year too and I was just sitting there standing like over like uh water like like a bridge like like the curb the curb and I'm just sitting there saying to myself I'm like fuck this man fuck this fuck this man fuck all this bullshit I'm done like and I was standing and it was cold and I was just like, fucking we figured it out, man. Like, but like, and it's, it's like, it's maybe at that point, like I was just, I, I was just, that second is just, I didn't, I didn't want to like, cause I don't swim. My head was like, let me just fucking like, I'm done. Like if I, if I, if I, if I walk off this cliff right now, I'm done, man. Like it's nighttime. Ain't nobody saving me. Like, you know, and it's, it's it is what it is. So you felt as if, would that be easier? Than to face what you were facing. Yeah, you won't yeah. do that. And then it's just like sitting there, I'm just like, I'll give this motherfucker one more shot, man. But like, I gotta give my all in it. Yeah. Like, I, like I, got, I gotta give my fucking all into it, right? Let me do all these things I keep fucking hearing these people talk about. Let me try this shit out and see if it fucking makes me feel better. Then if not, I'll come back here and told you motherfuckers and I'll do it. Like, you know, when mm-hmm. it's, I haven't felt that way since, right? And it's, it's, and it's just so hard to see people and I think that's when you when you really care about people because you've been to a, such a bad place you just don't want anybody to be there and it sucks because no matter how no matter what you do people are still going to be there people are still going to do but like I guess that's why we're like doing this shit because like the more you talk about it there's don't people you could like as long as it's like one person two people like and that person can tell somebody and then like just just not, not trying to fucking save the world but like just save some people right and if this can, you know how many times you like we, we get people reaching out? You talk about getting people reach out. It's just like, get the word out there because why not? Yeah. Why not? Like it's it's so this. Nothing else matters, man. But but your mental health, like nothing else but what you're going through, really fucking matters. And it's it's we try to put bells and whistles on other shit that like it doesn't matter. Like, you know your health, your mental health, physical health, spiritual health, whatever whatever spiritual realm you're in. Like, why not just work on that shit first? When you start feeling good, then start working on some other things and because everything else, everything else will start falling through, mm-hmm. right? I I felt that, right? Because, wow, thank you for sharing that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, I, I felt that resonate with me just because, you know, I've, I've known to have, I know what it's like to be in those moments where you, you think, would it be easier just to not be here and be fighting? Mm-hmm. Because it feels like, you know, every day you're just fighting. Like there's days I wake up, I'm just not happy. And I'm just like, I feel like I'm, like it's just so hard to exist. So when you share that, it's like, that's, I know that feeling. Everybody, everybody knows that fucking feeling. And that's the thing too. When you realize that everybody knows that feeling, to me at least, it lightens it. It's like, okay, cool, man. Like I'm going through this shit. 
So you start talking to somebody like, yeah, fuck it, suck that up. And then, and then like they start going through them. She's like, oh, I don't want their shit. And I don't know if it's I don't know if it's cynical or not, but like knowing that like we're all going through some shit and like like it, it it's rough out here helps me feel better. Okay, like let's you're not alone. You're not alone. The only way the only way I feel like the only way I'm gonna get out of this fucking shit is if we all get out of this shit, man. And we all is whoever we all is to whoever whoever is, and it's just I don't know, man. It's like I don't know. Well, and it's funny you say that. Like you, you feel like you need to be part of a group if you will to to get out of it i read something today that said the the anxiety the anxiousness all those feelings that you feel inside create this scenario where you overestimate you overvalue the problem and you underestimate your ability to deal with it and get out of it and that if you actually took a moment to allow yourself to breathe and to really break down that problem one by one because like you said, you got out of it, right? If you break down those problems one by one and you start to tackle them, almost like a checklist, you just mm-hmm. start checking them off and you start to realize that you have the ability, you have the strength to, to overcome these things. I think if we apply stuff like that more, we don't give in to the fear and the anxiety and the anxiousness and the negativity that comes with, that comes as a result of a problem right and and i think that that was something that resonated with me because i was looking at it like there were times where i'm like man i don't know how i'm going to overcome a b and c like it's just it's insurmountable there's just too many problems happening all at the same time i don't know how i'm going to deal with this i'd rather just literally bury my face in my pillow and not do anything i'm just going to lay down i don't want to deal with it i don't want to talk to anybody i want to do nothing maybe i'll go play video games but i don't want to do shit and then you realize that you're just kind of running away from it because in reality, like the one thing I will say is don't sell yourself short, right? Because you're all powerful enough to actually deal with these things. If you weren't powerful enough to deal with them, then you wouldn't have these problems in the first place. That's what I believe. And you always come out on top as long as you remind yourself that what you're feeling in that moment, if you can just sit with it if you can overcome that initial fear depression anxiety that initial feeling of like pain and then you have a clear mind you can tackle those now it's it's i know how easy that sounds believe me but i think you're proof of that right yeah it's always it's it's so like it's i don't know it's always easier to like imagine that because i always just live in a world like it's not me like now it can happen to me not gonna be in that situation it's it's not me and it's hard and it's then when it happens to you it's weird because like then it happens you think it's you're the only person that's going through that shit and that's why like when we do this and it's like just i think just talk when i hear people talk talking about stuff they're going through and really really talking about it and saying, okay, well, fuck, if that person can talk about that shit, maybe we're going to talk about my shit a little bit. Like, you know, my shit ain't that bad, <laughs> like, you know? But, like, whenever you hear somebody else's problem, you always think, fuck, I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want that. I don't want that, man. I don't yeah. want that. As, as bad as my shit is, I don't, I don't want, I want nothing to do. Let me, let me keep my shit. Like, you know, but that's also why, like, you, you talk about these things. Then you, same thing, like, you start to value your own shit. 
Like, you know, and, and knowing that, okay, they're going through something, I know somebody else is going through this, and we can go through this. I not be going through that, but maybe I've been through that. Or I know somebody who has been that. Maybe you guys connect. Or maybe, maybe you know, and just opening that. Because it's, it's such a small world. Just use it for good. Like, you know, like, like connect people on that realm, right? There's this business, you know, friendships. But like, hey, man, like, I know somebody that, that's been through some shit like that. You want to talk to them? And usually when you go through shit, you always want, like, you, people, like, as we're all open, like, we're all open to talk about stuff. Just talk about it. So having having the right group of men around you, I think, is super important. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, a solid group of men that you can turn to in different moments? Like, cause sometimes you need, you know, you need to lean on the guy who can give you really good advice. Then you need to lean on the guy who can be equally vulnerable with you. Then you can need to lean on the guy who's really good at, you know, offering differing perspectives on things. Do you have sort of that kind of relationship going for you? Yeah, and I've started to. It wasn't. It didn't happen overnight. I think those once vulnerability became normalized in my group of friends, um, and like even wider circle, like my stepdad, I have, um, I have co- ex coaches. Like I have people outside of just my circle of friends who I talk to. It's yeah, I do have a supportive group of men. But what I was gonna say is, I, I think it almost even goes beyond that. It, it even goes to what the elephant in the room i think is social media the things we consume mm. yeah you know what i mean because yeah let's go there because <laughs> that's a, that's a pandora's box of yeah like if we're being real it's the media we consume yeah has a huge effect on our mental health because we're seeing you know everybody's highlight reel thinking why am i not there why am i not there yet i'm not good enough why did my video get as many views why am i not this why am i not that that has a detrimental effect on our mental health. Yeah. And to be real, it's like social media is a tool and it's not responsible for us feeling this way, but it's the way in which we use that tool exactly. that can contribute to us feeling the way we feel. And we weren't trained how to use, it's not like when social media came out, we were like, okay, here's a course here's on, a how, <laughs> <laughs> on how to use social media. It just kind of happened and yeah. then we just started consuming it. Yeah. And it really, it spits out what you give it. Right, like, and it's it's the algorithms, man. And it's great. So yeah, sometimes like, you gotta go, like, you gotta go in. Every once in a while, I go in and I just, I'm like, let me just certain, th- let me cut off some of these meme groups, man. I just meme pages, just because I'm watching so many memes at that point in time. Where it's like, there's too many like accounts. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't be following this account. I don't, I don't need to follow this account right now. Let me just not follow. It. If I can go back to, it, but like every once in a while, I just gotta just check what's on your main feed because it's. I try to fill mine with more positive stuff. Mm-hmm. I try to. I try to. Like motivational quotes, yeah. motivational videos, so that even if I'm not looking for them, it's still, if I just still stumble pops. upon yes. it, yeah. it's just that extra little infusion of motivation or a thought to, to remember, that kind of thing. Yeah, like I, like every time I see something, even if I don't like Rachel, I'll make sure like I like it. Because obviously the more you like, the more it comes up. So now like I'll, I'm always at a quote. I'm like, oh, if I've ever paused for a quote, like it. Like, you know, because then more quotes will come. Oh, like, no, I get quotes on my shit all the time. All the time, like, I'm like, oh, that's nice. I'm like, you know, I like it, like it, shirt. And it's, it helps because it helps because now you start seeing more positive stuff, mm. right? The more, the more, more stuff you like. So it's like if you're, if your feed is feeding you shit, it's because you're giving it the shit to feed you. That's, and that's a choice, right? Like we have, we can make a choice about what we follow and what we like. And if we choose to like videos of people fighting and screaming and toxic stuff, 
what's going to be in our brains. Yeah. Whereas if we're talking about goal setting, positivity, financial goal, all if we talk, if we if we follow accounts that talk about all those positive things, what's going to be in our mind? Yeah, there's going to be balance all the time, but you got to make sure you got to hit every aspect of it. Like you know, it's got to got to have the balance. How do you balance that though, as a content creator yourself? Because that means you're spending a lot more time than the average person. You're spending your own, like you're spending your regular time, like the normal person on social media, just scrolling for whatever reasons. But then you're also on there because you're engaging with people, you're creating content, you're putting out content. How are you balancing social media in your life with everything you're doing? Uh, that's a really tough one because sometimes you're scrolling aimlessly. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's too you, get stu- you get stuck in that TikTok. <laughs> always, every, always, always. Just looking can't, at can't, trends. Stop. You can't help it. Like, like you can't help it. You can't, right? And I think one way for me is, you know, following people who are in a similar space that I am, mm. watching content of others who are in a similar space that I'm in, because it's a lot. A lot of the stuff I do is it's health, growth, um, financial, like things that are actually going to help me either succeed personally or for my brand. That's kind of the way I do it. Is try to just make sure that's the content that I'm mostly watching. But yeah, I'm on social media more than most, and I know I have to take my breaks. I used to take three before I was a content creator. I used to take three month breaks from social media. You have to like I've I never taken, done that. I've, I've, I've taken I've to. taken a I've taken a one month break multiple times. I think the most I've taken maybe two and a half. But yeah, like, like when you say break, you're talking no social media at no. all. No, like accounts deactivated type yeah. of thing, or delete the app off my phone. Okay, yeah, so yeah. I can't even go on yeah. it. And I've taken a few actually over the last couple of years, but they weren't intentional. Like when I was on the Amazing Race Canada, there were no phones, yeah. so there was no social media. Yeah. When I was on Big Brother, there were no phones, so there was no social media. But I did notice how light I had felt, With just that. not having it. Yeah. Right. I took, I took a I took a week off when I went to to UK. The first week I took okay. off, I was like, "Fuck, good man." But like, it's also like because now we're working, it's like it's hard to it's hard to it's hard when social media is part of your yeah. brand. It's tough. So you're saying because now you don't take any breaks off because you obviously have to be on and now ta- now I can yeah. still take like because we have scheduling software, scheduling gotcha. apps now, yeah, so yeah. I can schedule stuff and take a couple days off, right? Mm-hmm. But what I what I want to do, what I've been working toward doing, is actually doing a what do you call like a silent retreat? So maybe oh for a couple God, of days, wanna, no phone. I want to do a silent retreat. No speaking, no anything, and just be one with yourself because I noticed after having tried being in silence for a bit, I realized how creative I became the things I would reflect on in my life. It was, it was, it was eye opening what you become when you don't have a song to listen to or Mm. (laughs) something to scroll through or something to watch or something you, you, you become so in tune with yourself and your surroundings. So that's that's something that I, I want to do now. Just that get I've rid of all the, the the external noise. If you're gonna do us, let me know. Like I wanna, I I've done, like uh, I had like the mindful blindfold, and I was in it for hours. Is it the one where you soak in the t- in the in the tub? Yeah. Oh, the floating. Oh, yeah. Like the the sensory, floating's nice. Like I've done, like yeah. yeah, and then like I was in Costa Rica, and I and I did, um, like a few exercises. A couple of them were like some silent exercises for extended period of time too but like a whole like and i when i came back I'm like i want to do like a weekend like it would mm-hmm. be like you come in on the thursday or whatever and you just mm-hmm. there's no like let me know man 
I might have to schedule let's, like, let's, let's, let's figure something out, man. I'm like, I want, I want to, it is, I wouldn't say a bucket list item because I don't, I don't have a bucket list, but it's, it's, it's a going to do item. It's on my yeah. going to do item. That and sky, I'm going skydiving next year. <laughs> okay. Going skydiving next year. Um, that, that is next year, but like, I do want to do a silent retreat, man. You should try to do the silent retreat at the same time you do the skydiving. <laughs> See if you can hold you can, it you in. Can, yeah. <laughs> Unless I can cry in, 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 uh, in silence. In silence. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, silent retreat, man. Let me, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So what do you, what do you got? What else? Blah, I can't, I'm losing my words here. What else you got going on? Besides all the things I'm All the doing. things. Yeah. <laughs> What have we not talked about that you got coming up? So there's a couple of things I want to, I'm in the works of developing. I want to develop a wellness program, okay. you know, where, cause I, I use a lot of my social media to promote other brands, but I want to start building my own brand and my own business. So I want to build a wellness program where people can join me on my wellness journey and participate in it. Cause there's two things I feel like that would do. It would help us all do the things we need to do in order to strengthen or become mentally healthier. And secondly, it's accountability. So it's accountability for me and accountability for the group. So that's something I'm working on. And then I'm working on launching another couple tools, like a, like a journal I want to launch. And I want to launch another card kind of vulnerability thing so we can, you know, maximize the conversations that we're having. Mm-hmm. So those are the other things that I'm working on. But I'm really trying to hone in on building my brand and building, you know, a wellness portfolio as to say to help others you know be as healthy as they can be that's awesome man yeah Deshaun, thank you brother for coming in oh thank you for having me flies, yeah you? fly <laughs> an hour right on the dot um the work you do is incredible and it's needed and it's important and i thank you personally for doing it because when i see your content it reminds me of what we're trying to do here when we get the dms it reminds me of what we're trying to do here, which is ultimately just to create a space for, for men to start having these conversations. Because if it results in one man not taking his life and one man seeking help and one man building a better future for himself, I think like that's a success. And so you're inspiring, and I'm really excited for this panel. Let me know. I'd love to come. And uh, yeah. Best of luck to everything you're doing, man. We're gonna we're gonna keep in touch. We're gonna follow your journey, and then we're definitely gonna have you back in here. You know, after you've rested and you've <laughs> said no to some yeah, some know, other things, sleeping. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just well, a couple wellness uh, yeah. silent retreats. Exactly. You yeah. know what I mean. But appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Uh, for thank you for having me, man. You, what the work you guys are doing is amazing. And, thank you. And I think it's so well needed. And as long as we keep having these conversations, that's that's the difference. Yeah, 100%. Couldn't agree with him anymore. Appreciate it, brother. Of course. Poncho, Thank appreciate you, Poncho. you. Don't forget to like, like, like comment, comment, subscribe, subscribe do man, the whole, you know, you know the whole social media Canadian, thing. Canadian, Canadian podcast, right? Yes, So sir. we got to support Canadian podcasts. 100%. That's right. Appreciate it, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, guys, Thank you. Man. Thank you appreciate it.